Welcome to Eyes West, the podcast for movers looking for a new place to live in the American West and the connections to get it done. I'm your host, Dick Crawford, and with me today is a very good friend, Lindsay Harrell, a realtor extraordinaire with Pacific Sotheby's in San Diego County. Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Good morning. It is a good morning. Now, you started off uh, with your law degree, which is a totally unfair advantage, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and then, then you transitioned into real estate. Uh, talk about that. What attracted you to this work? So, you know, yeah, I have a very unusual path to real estate, and I went to law school thinking I was going to be an attorney and be a transactional attorney. Um, you know, I was never really interested in the courtroom stuff or the litigation, and I did practice um, real estate and project finance law for four years at a large law firm here in San Diego. And, you know, it's funny. Um, it's amazing how you start a family and that changes everything. And um, we had our son in 2009, and, that you know, the kind of hours I was keeping and the demands, it was a great place to work, you know, as an attorney. And I was working with absolutely brilliant people and doing very exciting deals and work. But, you know, you have a baby and you just reevaluate your whole life. And he's 11 now. And I just put my professional life on pause for a year to be with him. And, you know, um, I was <laughs> trying to figure out what the heck I was going to do after that. And um, I just thought, you know, we bought our first house. And I thought, you know, maybe I could do this. And, you know, it's funny, as an attorney, I knew absolutely nothing about, you know, buying and, <laughs> buying and selling real estate just because you're an attorney doesn't mean you understand you know, the market. Or <laughs> thank, thank you for saying that. That's a good message for everyone to hear. Well, and it's funny because I work for a lot of attorneys too, and, you know, they, they try and jump in and understand things and do things, and they really don't at the end of the day. Um, but, yeah, that led me to residential real estate, and I jumped in, and, man, the rest is history. It's the best decision I ever made. Oh, that's excellent. That's excellent. And that's uh, driven by that, um, by that life change. Uh, and, of course, you made the right decision. And, and, again, you've got that unfair advantage, that great foundation backing you up, which, which helps you read contracts and, and interpret things uh, from a legal standpoint. So that's awesome. That's awesome. It does, yeah. You know, and it's actually funny. I was just thinking about it yesterday. We had a listing presentation yesterday, and I, and I left going – you know, I don't know if I even mentioned that I was, it's so long ago that I practiced law. I don't think I even mentioned that I'm an attorney. I don't know if the client, you know, and we got the listing. It was great. Um, everything went really well, but I was like, you know, unless he read my bio, I don't know that he even knows that I, you know, have a, a, a real estate law background. Um, so it's funny how quickly residential real estate just kind of takes over and, you know, as busy as we are, especially this year, um, I don't always, you know, advertise that. And I'm certainly no longer a practicing attorney, but I do have those brain cells and that training, you know, right. in my, in my yeah. head. And, 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 you know, just also the, the client management side of it and managing expectations. And, yes, absolutely understanding the nuances of these contracts that are ever-changing and disclosure laws and things like that. It, it definitely has translated very well. But, you know, like anything else in life, you have to do it to learn it. So, um, you know, and yeah. Yeah, I'm still learning. Every single transaction, there's something new. There's something I'm learning. So, um, that's the beauty of this business. It definitely is. Uh, every day is a new day. There's certainly no boredom in real estate. Uh, now, <laughs> Never. Now, you, uh, you and your team, you serve much of San Diego County and some southern uh, Riverside County, I understand, as well. 
Tell me yeah. about your clientele in those areas and, and how you approach the business with them. Yeah, so we cover a huge geographic area. So the county of San Diego is very large, and then we also do serve Southern Riverside County. So my colleague, Shannon Dempsey, um, actually grew up in Southern Riverside County in the Temecula area and knows that market like the back of her hand. So she works with, with me heavily for buyers, and we have a lot of, you know, it, it happens every single year, especially with affordability in San Diego. People start to migrate you know, here and there to Southern Riverside County. And so she knows that market extremely well. So we're very successful on the buyer side and also actually now on the listing side too up there, we've really learned that market. And then in San Diego County, we get this question all the time, like, do you really serve all of these areas because it's so big? And um, we live in uh, North County Inland. We both live in Escondido bordering on San Marcos. And so we know that those markets very well. And that gives us good proximity to the coast. Our office is in Rancho Bernardo, which is, you know, a little bit more inland, 15 corridor. And so from those locations, we can get to just about anywhere in San Diego County with, within, you know, at 25 to 35 minutes. So we've, I mean, gosh, just looking at this year alone, we've worked all the metro areas. We've worked the coast heavily. Um, we have, um, you know, Solana Beach, Encinitas, Carlsbad. Uh, certainly all of those areas, Carmel Valley. Um, so it's kind of, you name it, you know, we pretty much, the only area that we sort of, you know, back off from a little bit is when you get, I get we don't work in Mexico, we don't go that far. Um, but when you, <laughs> we stop there. Um, there There's going to be a lot of beachfront property in Baja, I'll yeah. tell you. <laughs> so, yeah, so we sort of draw a line there. Um, you know, so we'll do by, because we do work by referral, um, about 90% by referral, we do work um, occasionally down in, you know, Chula Vista and surrounding areas. I wouldn't say we have, you know, a huge market presence there, but we do, you know, if the client wants it, we'll go down there. But it's really anywhere um, downtown, I would say, and, and surrounding areas and north of there. So we do a lot of driving, and um, we've also lived I have personally lived and worked in many different parts of San Diego. My husband is a San Diego police officer. He's a lieutenant with SDPD. And so we, I feel like I have a good grasp, you know, over the years on the different areas and what different neighborhoods and communities look like. And, you know, again, it's just working by referral. You go where the business takes you, and um, over time you become very well-versed on the smaller communities and markets and what their personality is and how different they are. Um, so, yeah, so we – we serve a, a, a huge area, and I get that question all the time, but um, basically anybody looking in San Diego County or Southern Riverside County, um, we can almost always help with that. Excellent, excellent. And as you say, when you work by referral, you, uh, you, you know, go far and wide because people know people, and that's, mm -hmm. uh, that's really an important aspect of our business that we'll actually get into in a minute here. Uh, but uh, that's that's very good. Working by referral makes it more fun for us and makes it more comforting for the client. Absolutely. Now, as as realtors, we often get the question, "How's the market?" Hey, Lindsay, how's the market? <laughs> uh, but with all our issues this year, it's coming up more than ever, and there's been a lot of surprises in the in the market this year. What are your clients asking you? What's on their mind? Uh, on the buyer side, we work for both sellers and buyers. Um, I would say this year we're, gosh, um, we're probably almost 50-50. We tend to be a little bit more heavy on the listings, um, but we do serve a lot of buyers. So we're having different conversations with different sets of clients. Um, you know, I think 
<laughs> sellers when they are considering selling, they aren't quite aware. You know, they might hear in the in the media or hear from friends, you know, just people they talk to that it, we, we are in an extreme seller's market. But I don't think they know how strong of a seller's market we are really in until we actually consult with them and then actually really put their home on the market. Um, you know, we just listed a house, I think I mentioned to you, um, you know, last time we talked, we listed it in Vista, um, which is sort of, you know, in the middle of North County, San Diego. And a nice house, about 2,000 square feet, does have a pool, which with COVID has become, you know, very, very popular to have that backyard oasis because people, you know, especially if you have kids, um, right. the parks are closed, things like that. So it's really nice to have that. And, you know, sports look different, all that kind of stuff. So it's nice to have that right at your fingertips. So that certainly made the listing more popular. But we listed at 739000 and we had 25 showings Saturday, Sunday, five written offers, more, more folks who wanted to write, but they felt like they couldn't compete. And we sold the house for 824000 So we're about you know, 85000 above our asking price. Wow. And um, I think the sellers were just going, this is unbelievable. We were not expecting anything like this. And quite frankly, I was a little surprised myself at the, you know, the demand with these low rates. And, yes. But it just goes back to if you have a – you have a nice home, or really any piece of real estate with these low rates and low inventory, you have that extreme demand. So I think that sellers are kind of um, not fully aware of what the demand is right now. I mean, I just, you know, we just uh, had a buyer competing for a listing and they had 27 offers on it. And, you know, in a nice area of San Diego, but we're not talking about La Jolla, you know, it's, um, this right. is a nice town in East County, um, nice, and that was another thing, it was a nice starter home price point, which is around, um, you know, it was about a $600,000 listing. So there's heavy competition and, you know, in price points like that here. And then on the buyer side, the conversation is just, it's a lot of counseling and therapy because, you know, we have highly qualified buyers that are doing everything right and writing strong offers above asking. They're pre-approved. They're not contingent on the sale of another piece of real estate. And it's just, you know, they throw their hat in the ring and if you're competing with 20, 25 offers or, you know, some folks are all cash, they're waiving appraisal contingencies up front and doing a lot of things that first-time buyers, as an example, are not comfortable doing and I wouldn't necessarily recommend, um, it's a little depressing for them. You know, they, we, when we consult with a new buyer now, we have to tell them it's, it's sort of tough and we seem – we have to be careful because we don't want to come off as if we are applying too much pressure to the client – but we have to let them know what the level of competition is. You know, you can't say, oh, I want to see four houses next week. Those houses will probably be gone. You have to, you know, get into the listing that, you know, the first day or two and get your offer in to even have a chance. And, um, you know, we call the agent. It's one of the best things you can do in this market is, is communicate with the other agent, with the listing agent, if you're on the buyer side. And yes. as a listing agent, I can tell you the same thing. You know, I – have a lot of respect and a lot more confidence in the buyer's agents who are calling me to have those brief conversations and we're both doing our job to find out, you know, what does the seller want? What, what's important to the seller to, you know, what's going to work here or what's not going to work here? Um, so it's, it's a very different set of conversations on both sides. And then, you know, we still get the buyers that come to us and they think, you know, um, we've been, I think the last day off we had um, this year was like the 4th of July. We've just been grinding since then. It's been so busy. But um, we have the, the buyers that come to us and they're thinking that they, <laughs> there still might be this COVID deal to be had or some kind of a, with, you know, with yeah. the economy. 
Um, yes. That's not real estate. Whatever's happened with the economy is not real estate. And we're in a very different world in real estate right now with these low rates and low inventory. And um, we have to sort of tell them without sounding, without, you know, shocking them too much and, you know, holding your hand through it that, hey, it's really competitive. People aren't getting discounts. That's not, that is not at all what's happening. It's the opposite. Um, yes. So different, you know, kind of surprising conversations with everyone. And it's, um, that's a lot of energy and it's, it's our job um, to manage those expectations going in. Um, but it's been quite a year. I mean, we are just, like I said, we haven't had a day off, I don't think, fully since 4th of July, and I was probably still working that day checking email and stuff a little bit because that's just the market that we're in. Um, and you were just, home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, exactly. So we've just, it's just, it, it is a little strange, you know, with this, um, you know, pandemic and the way that we're functioning as a society, you know, it's in real estate, yes, we have precautions and yes, we have rules, um, but it's pretty much business as usual for us, but to an, you know, to an extreme. I, I've been in the business 10 years and I've never seen anything like this um, in the market. Now, so. you, um, you mentioned uh, listings and, and, and representing buyers both coming away with a transaction that's got you know, 27 offers in the mm -hmm. first, first few days or you know, 15 showings in the first day. And you know, I always pull out my, my calculator and I say, okay, 27 show our offers minus one that was accepted, that equals 26 people who went away disappointed. And, mm -hmm. and so that's a fact. So that just tells you with low interest rates, um, those people aren't really going to go away. They're just going to bounce back and look at the next house that comes up. So with all of that, and as interested as people are in making a, a move up, if you will, within their own town, there is a lot of talk this year about disgruntled Californians on the move, right? Um, with all the different events going on, and uh, you know, there's a solid five, any one of which would make a huge news year, and all five of them are are contributing to people everywhere being just a little bit disgruntled in one way or the other. Um, my clients have raised concerns with me, and it's all over the media. How have, have you had conversations about that, about you know, people being on the move and saying, you know, I can't deal with 27 offers. I'm going to go someplace where I can afford to compete. Anything like that? Yes. I think we've had – and San Diego, I think, is a little – bit different. We, um, you know, I think people feel defeated. We've had some clients take breaks from looking because they just, I, I don't blame them because they just feel like they're getting beat up left and right. And why would you continue to put yourself through that? Um, so I think they've, we've seen a lot of folks take breaks and just reevaluate things. Um, and yeah, I think that some folks have considered with the level of competition and also affordability, it's, it's very expensive to buy a home here and it's very expensive to live here. Um, they've considered moves out of state, you know, to other areas where it's, if they can, you know, especially with everyone working remotely, the, the way that we work, the way that we live in our home, um, the way that everything about our day-to-day -day life has really changed this year. And so everybody's reevaluating everything. Um, but the, I think the biggest thing is we haven't, you know, the, the movement out of San Diego to other states and to, you know, other areas, is nothing new. I've had, you know, especially when what I really see is when folks retire, um, they they have this, you know, and that's kind of like what we're seeing now. You know, when you retire, you have the freedom to change your 
geographic location and pick your place and you know retire on your California income and um, you have a lot of equity in your house, so you head to um, lower cost locations or to be near where the your kids and grandkids are because the kids moved away because they can afford a house in Alabama versus trying to you know everybody stay in San Diego was cost prohibitive for some of them. Yes. So we've definitely seen a lot of that, and that's nothing new. Um, but we definitely, I think that, you know, when everything really shut down here and people were at, just really at home, whatever your phase of life with kids or, retire, you know, empty nesters, they just were really reevaluating um, everything. And, you know, what I'm, my, my home means something different to me now. It's, it's, this is a place I'm spending a, a significant amount of my time or all of my time. So what well, we've seen the you know the trend especially with the retirees in my personal experience um, leaving California um, I think that's become you know even more magnified now um, for a variety of reasons you know if you can like I have clients right now that are um, moving to a really beautiful spot in Tennessee acreage it's like they're basically going to be living almost in a forest it's, it's a dream where they're moving to and you know compared to what you can have here. Um, it's radically different, and this has been like their lifelong dream to be in an environment like that. And then, you know, we have the the younger folks that are, um, you know, going, hey, I can, you know, I can work from anywhere right now. Or when my when you know when, as an example, some somebody just told me recently, when Qualcomm, which is a huge employer here, uh, yes. opens back yep. up, there's no way we're going back Monday through Friday. I'm we might be in the office maybe two days a week, shared office space. The the office environment for most companies. It, the expectation is that it's going to look very different. So now I want to change, you know, from my tiny three-bedroom house to a four-bedroom house with an office either here or possibly we have some folks that are, you know, wanting to look out of state because they can, you know, fly to San Diego to the headquarters, whatever it is, once or twice a month, and that's doable for their family. So at, we're just seeing so much movement within San Diego and then still some, again, it's nothing brand new um, with folks leaving uh, California, but it's just become a little bit more magnified in my experience. But then what we're also seeing in San Diego is a lot of the Bay Area movement, um, you know, super high cost area. Um, and San Diego, yes, is expensive, but if you don't have to be in the office at Google or Facebook right now or, you know, one of those companies where you have the income, you have all these stock options, and you were paying, you know, a fortune in rent up there, you Silicon Valley and surrounding areas, San Diego is very affordable for folks like that. So we're seeing a lot of movement away from environments like that to San Diego where we have a good lifestyle and um, we're not as much, as much of a car culture. You're close to the beach. You have a bigger house, bigger yard for your kids. You have good schools, you know, whenever they reopen. Um, right, right. You know, they're still doing distance learning here for the most part. Some schools are open. Most are closed. Um, but, yeah, it's just a lot of movement in general. It's really fascinating, actually, to, to see in the conversations that we're having. Um, yep. and, the re and the referrals that we're getting because of it um, are interesting. Well, I, I – uh... I'm using the phrase, uh, we're in a smorgasbord of undesirable change. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, the marketing tagline, you know, it, it's a buffet. There's something for everyone um, because there are so many things going on here. And uh, these various changes have sparked the conversation about moving. Like, I can't afford a house or, um, you know, I, maybe it's a political situation, maybe it's taxation, maybe it's just general affordability of life. Um, it could be COVID saying, I just need a bigger house. 
So mm-hmm. all of these different changes are sparking the conversation. And, but then it's the combination of technology and low interest rates, things like that, that are fueling the idea and giving it legs. So um, yes. what, what it really turned out to, to be, and, and you just touched on it, everybody just seems to want more space in their life. And it's been brewing for years, and now it's just top of mind. They want more house, more yard, more time with family, more money at the end of the month. Uh, they just want a little bit of, of more that they've never really put together and, and gotten passionate about until now. And now they want that more space to breathe, and they, they want to do something about it. So that's kind of Absolutely. where we are now. Absolutely. So, so, so over the years, uh, we've we've talked about you and your team helping people make big moves, and you've just touched on that yourself with some of the referral activity. Uh, and you've in, included in that uh, those scenarios, you have some out-of-state activity. What has been your success with refer, with referring people to agents in other states? It's a big, it's a it, very successful because you know you spend time, and I think this is a part of the business that our clients don't necessarily know about or hear a lot about. Um, but we spend, I know you have definitely done this, and I have too, is you know uh, building and strengthening relationships really nationwide um, through our networks with realtors all over the country, and. Um, I, I think that's the first step, you know, is, is really getting, you know, who is this person? What are they about? Do they operate and serve like you do? Are they in this business for the same reasons to serve like we are? And, you know, you, you start with those connections and you build these relationships that become dear friendships really over the years. And, because, and that's so important because when you hand off, and I was just thinking about it um, a couple days ago, when you hand off a referral, especially to someone moving out of state, you put yourself in their shoes, and they are changing everything about their life. They're changing the home, the, the weather, uh, schools, if they have kids. That's a huge deal. It's, a, it's so emotional, and it's, such, it's, it's so overwhelming for them. It's so exciting and overwhelming at the same time, I think, for these clients moving out of state. And so you feel like you're handing off a baby, you know, and, and right. you need like, the most capable trustworthy person to, um, you know, grab their hand and not only help them with finding a home in that location, but also helping them. Like I know when we have buyers come to San Diego, we want to help them get integrated, help them research preschools or, you know, referrals for that or or daycare if they have little ones or talk about the community and, and what the personality is of the community and the type of you know, people you might encounter there. What are the, what's the restaurant situation if they like to eat? It's, it's so many things. They're just brand new to this location. So um, you feel like you're, you know, educating them on um, everything top to bottom, left to right. And um, that's what we expect, you know, when we refer clients out of state um, to these brand new communities and locations when, I mean, especially with, if they have kids. I mean, that's such a huge move. They, um, you know, to, if they're, the kids are in elementary school or middle school, they're leaving all their friends, they're nervous about them making new friends. So um, that's where those trusted relationships come into play. And I'm very careful about who I refer out to, especially with a, a big geographic move like that, that I feel confident with the relationships that I have, um, that, that, again, those clients will be in the most loving, nurturing, capable hands um, from start to finish. And, and, you know, it's like we always talk about after closing, you know, you close on the house and we're not the kind of realtors that disappear. And that's the same like-minded approach where um, somebody who really cares about that person and, and where they're ending up and, and what their life looks like as they're getting settled in, that's, that's so important. 
No question about it. And you, you said it really well. It's like handing off a baby. Yeah. Um, it's emotional for everybody. And you want only the best for them. And that's where that relationship uh, really uh, comes on so strong. Um, and, and you and I know uh, a lot of those people. We've trained with them for many years, often three and four times each year. Mm-hmm. And except for this year, it's been a little tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we've broken bread, shared stories, referred our clients to each other. So that's what has made it so strong. It's not the biggest ad in the yellow pages. Um, and quite frankly, every once in a while, we'll get somebody who is going to wants to you know relocate to a, a small college town that's you know an hour and a half away from our you know one the one agent that we know in the general area. And so, what do we do? What would you do in that case? I know what I would do. Yeah, yeah. You you you'd give you'd give that agent a call and say, hey, help. Yes. You know, <laughs> who do you know in this college yeah. town? I, I'm I'm stuck. I got a great you know that kind of thing, and that's that's another little of, nuance of, to the network. Right. Exactly. And you're, and the network is always building and expanding in that way. You know, it's, hey, this location that I've never um, you know <laughs> not familiar with at all. I don't know anybody who serves there, but but somebody that I know will know somebody who can jump in and help and and um, hold hands and it's. Um, you, you want to make sure it's a really great fit from the from that very first conversation with the client. So I do spend a lot of time, inter, you know, calling and interviewing the agent and asking questions and really trying to learn about um, how how they operate and how they work and how much they care. And um, and that's the biggest thing. You know, the client wants to know: Can I trust you? Are you going to pay attention to the details? Are you going to care about this and um, and and have the communication that I need with a move like this? Right. Right, because it's a thousand miles away, mm-hmm. and we we can't just run over there and make it all good. We've got to got to have an agent that communicates with us, and of course we have to uh, stay in touch too. And but that's what makes it work so well when we know the agents already. It's marvelous. Definitely. Well, that yeah. that's exactly my intention for this Eyes West podcast. When our clients are selling their home here and buying a home there, it's just I just it's really important for the two agents to know each other and to know that they can support each other so that the transactions can you know, be coordinated and go as well as possible. I, I just think our clients deserve that level of attention and service, and it makes sense for us to provide that out-of-state link. So, Absolutely, and especially like you said on the you know, selling a home here, buying elsewhere, there is so much communication that goes on as, as, as part of that to make sure timelines are lined up and that, you know, I, I need to know if I'm referring a, a, you know, a seller here, buyer out of state, I need to know what their timeline is and, you know, for their move and their purchase out of state, just like that agent needs to know what our timeline is here to really effectively work together and know what our challenges might be here and what their challenges might be there and really communicate regularly to stay on the same page. And I've done that successfully with agents out of the area and out of the state. Um, and I think the client, you know, they don't need, they don't need to know about this because this is just us doing our job. They don't need to get the play-by-play. But there's so much that goes on behind the scenes um, to make sure that things are really seamless for that client. Um, yeah. It's, it's, that's a big deal. And so having that relationship and, you know, also, you know, working with someone that you like out of the area, out of the state, um, to, you know, to really make things happen effectively for the client without, having some major glitch, you know, every, every <laughs> client in that situation is nervous about 
ending up homeless or um, right. not happening on time because they're already so stressed out with a move like that. And, and that's where the communication is absolutely critical. Well, very, very well said. So uh, what, I, what I'm going to do is after talking with a few well-established Southern California agents such as yourself and, and three or four others that you and I know very, very well, uh, mm -hmm. after talking with them, uh, my guests are going to be those professional agents that you just talked about uh, from across the West who we all know so well. And I'm going to be asking them for insights to their local market and I'm going to be confirming how they run their business just like you, uh, you described. You know, how are you going to treat my clients? And um, if our clients like what they hear on the podcast, you know, they, they like the sound of that person up in Salt Lake or over in Denver or down in Dallas, they say, yeah, hey, Lindsay, what about that person? Well, we can hook them up. And that's the, the beauty of it. We can make that initial call and confirm it for the client. I, I just want our clients that. and their friends to have the confidence and trust to start the conversation about their next move. And that confidence, I believe, starts here and starts with us. It's so smart. You know, I mean, if I was leaving, I would want that. I would want to tune in to episode whatever it is to hear about Lindsay Harrell in San Diego and how does she work and what are her thoughts on things and what's yes. her personality like before I even spend my time getting on the phone with me. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I, would, I absolutely want that. And I think that to have that preview um, after a series of questions like this is, is huge. Um, so I hope people like me. <laughs> they listen to the San Diego <laughs> <laughs> well, and certainly uh, that's the uh, intention for the podcast, and and I think people will appreciate that we can offer, um, you know, not just people uh, in Boise hearing you, but in your uh, your market right there in San Diego and your clientele, they can pass the word that Lindsay knows people. Uh, so if you're thinking of moving out of state, call Lindsay. She's probably got the on to treat you well, uh, you know, a thousand miles away. So That's great. Um, well, thanks for the opportunity, yeah. and that you know I feel the same way about you. Well, thank you, thank you. Now uh, to wrap it up, a, a couple of questions. Are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, in this time of difficult and rapid change, what can you say to to reassure your clients? I get you know time. It's been such a strange year, and it's been such a hard year for so many people. And um, I have three kids. They're five, eight, and eleven, and they're they're home um, doing school, and they're they're kind of I feel like you know missing out on some pieces of childhood. And you know, like my youngest is in kindergarten as an example, and kindergarten is ninety to a hundred percent social, and um, she's on a laptop. And you know, we're making the best of it. Our kids are very adaptable, but you know, and and we're fortunate. Um, with the way we're able to do things, and a lot of folks aren't. I'm very grateful for what I have, and it's just, you know, it's been, a, it's been a challenging year. I think it's been an exhausting year without us realizing how exhausting it is on society, um, you know, since all this uh, came down. And, you know, to keep, we just, you know, it, it, I just go back to focus on what you can control. Um, I can't control what the virus is doing. I can't control when a vaccination comes out. I can't control anything going on in politics. I just go back to um, what conversations can I have with my clients and my team every day? Um, what, how can I serve people every day? How can I be present for my family every day? And that's all I can do. That's, you know, that's absolutely all I can do. And I think that reminding our clients of that, and, and, and I think that you know, one silver lining with this, all of this COVID stuff and 
the way that life has changed this year is that there are ways to stay connected, and they're not what they used to look like, but they're, they really have an incredible impact. Um, when you are, you know, dropping by to do a door drop for a client or, you know, sitting even with masks on across the kitchen table or outside doing a distancing visit with them or even doing a Zoom call, it means so much. That kind of connection means so much more right now than it ever has. And I, I've just, the, that's been tremendously rewarding this year as, you know, a really huge silver lining. And I've gotten just some really incredible feedback from clients where, you know, hey, I've been having a hard time, Lindsay. You just, you, you connected with me at just the right time. And I, you just have no idea how much you can impact people. So that's the kind of stuff that I can control. Um, I, you know, prior to this did a lot of in-person large client events, you know, really of all sizes. And that's just not really happening right now. Obviously, we're not <laughs> we're discouraged from being in large crowds. So yes. there's, still, there's still ways to, you know, send the video and, hey, pizza's on me tonight, guys. Go pick it up. Um, we're still going to have – we're going to do a, a holiday, um, you know, a pie party where we uh, give out our Thanksgiving pies to clients. It's, it's going to look very different, but it's going to be very meaningful. Um, so I think that there's, you know, there's still a way to stay connected. Um, and, you know, there's some things about it that I cannot control, but the part that I can, you bet I'm going to try and control that and stay connected with people in a positive way. And um, I think just that, you know, the, the, we're, miss, we're all missing that human connection. Our, you know, our kids are, adults are, um, the elderly, absolutely. I mean, that's, it, it's, uh, I think they've been, you know, hugely impacted by this, as, as have their families. And um, whatever way we can, we can reach out, um, it just means so much. And, um, you know, every day and every week seems a little different or uncertain or, you know, like I know in my, in my phase, we, we keep waiting to hear our school's going to open. We just don't know. They won't commit to anything because they can't, you know, they can't, you know, they're just not in the place where um, they know what this virus is going to do and and what the numbers in San Diego are going to look like. Are they going up or down? And we can't control that. And, and neither, neither can the, you know, the principal at our school, um, so we just, again, day-to-day focus on what you can control and look for the silver linings and, um, you know, uh, try and stay positive because there right. are, right. I think there are, I think there's going to be some really hard things that, that last after this that, you know, that stay with us from this. But I think there will also be some really wonderful things um, yes. and way that family dynamics may have changed. You know, we've been home with our kids really, I mean, so much this year, more than we ever would, and we're not yeah, we're missing sports and things like that, and we're kind of easing back into that, but we're not sprinting from one activity to the next. We're actually having dinner together almost every night and having conversations and things like that. And I know that's not the case for every family, um, but, you know, I, I am personally very grateful for that type of thing. And, um, again, it's something that I, I personally can control, and, and right, I, just, yeah. I just keep putting that out in the universe every day. Cool. Cool. Very good. Con- control can and even those things you can't really control but you can certainly influence and and uh, roll roll with the punches and make the best of it because uh, yeah. our, ki- our kids are watching us um, 100%. So, uh, uh, second question is how do you make the business fun for you and for your team and for your clients so it's got to be most... fun too much stress <laughs> going on it has to. if you're not having fun in this business you need to go do something else because there is enough drama to go around and enough stress and, you know, um, it's, and it's really easy to internalize 
somebody else's stress in this business because we care. You know, like our clients are stressed out. They don't know what's going to happen. Is the buyer going to actually buy my house? Things like that. It's really easy to get, you know, it, like lose sight of your, your job. You know, it's like be, that, be the rock, not the river. Um, you you want to, you know, you want to be compassionate, but you also have to function. So there's, there's all of that stuff that happens, you know, all the time, and that's what we're here for, and that's why we're professionals, and that's why we do it. Um, but you have to have fun. I mean, that's, you have to have a sense of humor. I, I think my, my dad always said, you know, has always said, never, ever lose your sense of humor. And that's kind of like, you know, I have to work around fun people. I have a very fun, small team that they're quick-witted and sarcastic like me. And we have a lot of fun. And, and we, have a, a, we keep a great sense of humor with our clients. And, um, and that's, that's the goal that I – and sometimes you have to remind yourself to have fun and, you know, look at the lighter side. Um, you know, in the business that we're, that we're in at times. And um, you just, it has to, you know, I remind myself every year, I actually write it down often as a, as a goal. You know, remember to have fun. <laughs> remember to have fun and enjoy yeah. this. Enjoy yeah. the journey. Um, and then, you know, I get back to normally, like I was saying, I have the larger client events and, and, and parties and things like that. Or even, you know, 25 women at a nail salon doing manicures, pedicures as a client appreciation event. Well, we're not, we can't really pack a nail salon with 25 to 30 people right now. That's, you know, that's not yeah. happening. Yeah. So we still find, and, that, and that's been a little hard for me because that also, not only do my clients really enjoy it and my referral partners, they really enjoy that. But it also feeds me. It, it, it gives me energy. I love reconnecting with people. I love having fun with my clients, and that keeps me going. That's my favorite part of the business, you know, is, is um, the human aspect and, and, the, and the, you know, the, the opportunity to give back and entertain, and that, and that really, you know, feeds me and my energy levels um, very quickly. So we're just finding, you know, different ways to do that right now. Um, like I said, it's, you know, uh, set up, the, you know, the, at the local pizzeria, set up the pizza takeout night for the clients, especially with the, the clients who have the kids in school on Monday night. They don't even want to think about dinner after trying to possibly work from home all day and then distance learn all day with their kids. Um, or, you know, if they're just, you know, having a case of the Mondays. We did that recently. It was a huge success. So, you know, the feedback I got on that was, get, you know, it was fun. It, it was positive. It's something I could do. Um, it, it fuels me to, to want to do more. And um, it, it's stuff like that. So, and, it, you know, we'll have this holiday thing coming up here, which is going to be great. We're going to do some family photos um, for our, some of our clients here, too, um, just before the holidays while they get their pie and, and make it really nice. And so that kind of stuff is just, um, it's, it's, I think, energizing and positive for the client. And, um, and then it's energizing and positive for me. And it also, you know, that's, that's first. And then the, the secondary thing that happens is, is that I get more business out of it. So because, it's, you know, there's reconnection and value and, and, and trust there, and you're, you're keeping that relationship that's so important. So, um, yeah, this is a, you, remembering to have fun, especially in 2020. It looks a little bit different, but it's very important. Very good. Yes, it does look different, and it is very important because it's mm -hmm. the, the relational, uh, not the transactional, and there's a lot of emotion going on, and people need their outlets. So thank you for mm -hmm. that. Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if there was ever a time for strong relationships and trust among professionals, there's no question now is that time. So if you have questions about any market in San Diego County, Southern Riverside County, Temecula and such, 
And or if you wish to hear about your options for leaving Southern California, uh, Lindsay Harrell Alex Sotheby's and her team should be your definitely should be your first call. On top of providing exceptional service, uh, Lindsay has those connections throughout the Western U.S. that are so important for uh, for people on the go. So in future Eyes West episodes, we're going to talk with those agents. They will be happy to help you relocate to their neck of the woods, and if you like what you hear, Lindsay will definitely hook you up. So keep coming back to Eyes West. Lindsay, I appreciate your time today. This has been a ton of fun, and I've learned a couple of things, uh, new things about you, which I will uh, I'll, um, I'll dish out as appropriate on, you know, later on, um, kind of keep, uh, keep them in my pocket till I need them. Uh, so <laughs> I, I hope you enjoyed it as well. I absolutely enjoyed it. This is the good stuff. That you're doing a great job, and um, you, you know I love you. And um, you've just—I've really enjoyed having a, a, a friendship with you for so many years now. And um, thanks for this opportunity. It was a lot of fun. Well, my pleasure. My pleasure. It's the friendships that make the business go round. There's no question about that. Well, sure. good. We'll have you back in the spring for a little follow-up, but until then, uh, take good care of yourself, be safe, and have an excellent October. Same to you. Thanks, Dick. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye.